Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here. And now, now, let's get started. Amen. Thank you, Pierre. All right, have you got your notes? We've got a lot of scriptures to get through. Sorry. But we'll be f- we won't be long. I tried not to put the other translations and stuff in, but what I'm going to encourage you is take your notes, get your electronic Bibles, and go into the Amplified, and go into the Passion Translation, and go through the scriptures, because there's, it brings it out a little bit differently. It'll open your eyes to certain things that we're going to say. So I might read from one or two of them. I might not. But we will be in the King James for the children of the King James Version. You'll be happy. (laughs) Amen. So let's go Romans chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 12 and I'm just going to open in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that we can come, spend time in your word and understand that we've been delivered from death and brought into life. That we've been taken out of translated from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the sun or the kingdom of your dear son the lord jesus christ where we have health healing prosperity and life and life more abundantly and i thank you for it in jesus name amen, amen. so we're going to say talk from death to life from death to life and and there's so much to to speak so this is probably part one and it's it's really an introductory but actually the introduction was done as we've been talking about death and last week, Sunday, I ministered on open up. And the reason we said open up is to bring this in and start showing you things that you need to open your heart to and see what God has actually done for you and, and see the goodness of God and the grace of God. So let's get started in verse 12. It says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Okay? Now, that word, have sinned, is, we take it as everybody's done something wrong. But it, it, it's, if you go and study it out, it says, for all have sinned, or all sin." It's the state of being that has missed the mark, if I could put it like that. Remember what happened? Adam sinned. And what he's saying here by Adam, sin was translated to all of us or transmuted to all of us because we're from that Adam, right? Okay. For unto the law, for until the law, sin was in the world. But the sin is not imputed when there is no law. Okay. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses and over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So let's stop there. For unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed. Because where there is no law, there is no transgression. And, And we've touched on that before. I don't want to go. But then he said, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. And I've, I've touched on this before. It doesn't say death reigned from Adam to Jesus. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. Then from Moses to the resurrected Christ, what reigned? The law. The law. 
right? So it's further down in your notes. Keep your finger there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we touched on this. And Jason ministered a bit on it. Verse 56 to 57. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the... So actually, and, and we're going to touch on it in Romans. So even though death reigned from Adam to Moses, and then the law reigned from Moses to Christ, because the law highlighted what you were doing wrong, death took opportunity. Okay? And, and, and what does it say? Uh, why did it do that? The strength of sin is the law. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. And then he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now keep that in your mind. Right? Now, what I want to highlight here is, we know there's the first Adam, and there's the last Adam. But out of the first Adam, everybody comes. Right? But then, there was Abraham, there was Moses, there was all these people. But everybody was after the similitude of the first Adam. Right? Then what happened with Moses? Or, well, under Abraham and everything, his seed out of Jacob came a nation called? Israel. Israel. And they got the law. Yeah. And they became God's nation. So now you had the Gentiles. And you had the Jews. Right? The Jews were under the law. The Gentiles weren't. Okay? So death was reigning in the Gentiles, but the law was reigning over the Jews. But what sin used it as a, a, the law as an occasion to allow death to enter in. Okay? Because as soon as you transgress the law, you weren't under the blessing, you came under the... We, we've read it before in Deuteronomy. If you obey my word, these blessings shall come upon you. But if you're disobedient, the curse shall come upon you. Right? And we, we don't have time to read in it, but now keep that in mind. So under the law, you could walk in the blessing, or you could walk in the curse. Okay? So, but verse 50, 15 of Romans chapter 5. But not as the offense, so is also the free gift. For if by the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Okay? The gift of grace by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as... It was by the one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift, notice he calls it the free gift, is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So in verse 17 Paul says, death reigned. Earlier we said death reigned from Adam to Moses. But from Moses to Christ, the law reigned. And I've said it before, that what they had in their covenant, they weren't, they were protected, they were hedged in. But as long as they obeyed the law, they were hedged in. You see it all through the Old Testament. When the king came and he put aside the precepts of God, what happened? Israel was always captured by another nation. Okay. 
So Paul is actually dealing in this chapter. Notice who he's writing to. The church in Rome. Okay, They weren't all Jews. Paul went and he established the church. But what happened? Jews came in. So he's writing to Jews and to non-Jews. Okay. So, so just bear that in mind. Okay. So for as many, verse 17 again, for if by one man's offense death reigned, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So the reign gets taken from death, where death reigned, and who reigns? We do. We do. After Christ, who reigns? The church reigns. Okay? Therefore, as by the offense of one, verse 18, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life or to life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made. That's why we're the righteousness of Christ. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Notice that. When the law came in, the offense of Adam abounded. Because suddenly they realized they were sinners. The law didn't make them righteous. The law highlighted that they were unrighteous, that they couldn't keep it. They were sinners. That's why they had to have the, the sacrifices. That's why they had the offerings. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay. So let's look at John 1, John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Okay. Hebrews chapter 2. And we've touched on this before many times. For as verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. So, if they kept the law, they were hedged in. If they broke the law, evil came in. The curse came in. What, what was the state of, nation, of, of Israel of the Jews when Jesus was on the earth. It was disarray. They had Sadducees and Pharisees who were highlighting, if you didn't keep the law, you're unworthy. You're not good enough. We're going to stone you. We're going to kill you. Okay? They did it to Jesus. Remember, they wanted to stone him. He says, for what works do you want to do this? And they says, not the works. It's because you make yourself equal with God. They always found something in the law to hold against people. Because as soon as there's a law, I can bring condemnation. As soon as I make a law, I'll, I'll use an example. From next week's Sunday, none of you are allowed to wear brown shoes. Because that means you're in alignment. This is just an example. Please don't take it literally. You're in alignment with the Antichrist. Because the Antichrist comes, he's going to wear brown shoes. I make a law. 
Next week, Sunday, you come and maybe somebody's got a brown stripe in the shoe that they didn't notice. And I say, what are you doing? You, what happens to that person? Condemned. Condemnation. But you know that's what religion does? So he <laughs> took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were, there, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Right. Galatians chapter 3. Like I said, we've got a lot of scriptures to go through. And we're going to read from verse 1. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you or tricked you, that you should not obey the truth? How did grace and truth come? By Jesus Christ. That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has evidently set forth crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. This is what I want to know from you. Did you get the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you get the Spirit? How did you receive life? By what you did or by what you received? For those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, whatever you receive, takes faith. And we read that from Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 4 is the preceding chapter, and we don't have time to go into it. But what was the promise that was made to Abraham, that he would be heir of the world, was to Abraham and his seed. Not through the works of the law, but through the? Through faith. Okay? So how did you get who you are? By what you did or by what you received? What you received. Okay. And you so foolish, having begun in what? In the spirit. Yeah. Having begun in the spirit. And we'll get to that now. Are you now made perfect by what you do in the flesh? Okay. Have you suffered so many things in vain? Or have you gone through so many things in vain? He therefore, verse 5, that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles, the miraculous power of God, that life-giving power among you, who lives by that life-giving power. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith not through the law remember the, the gentiles were never brought under the law never you know you can go through some of paul's teachings and stuff where he preaches about the law and he shows the jews why the law and and it's in romans and then the, and, and we're going to read it so let, let me not go I just saw we're going to read it. Don't worry. It's, it's in the notes. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited for you. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. So how are we justified? Through faith. Preach before the gospel and to Abraham saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Not just the Jews. All. So even the Hittites, Amalekites. There's another one. Can I say it? The Shittites. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but anyway, if they the gospel gets preached to them, they are justified. Okay, they were the enemies of the Jews. The Philistines, maybe you know them better than the Shittites. The Philistines, if they receive the gospel, 
Well, let's bring it now. What's those, um, uh, the people fighting Israel now? The Palestinians. The Jews' worst enemy. Hmm? Huh? They'll become the seed of Abraham. <laughs> the true seed. <laughs> so he said unto Aaron, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the blessing of the law. No. They're under the curse. Why? Because no man can fulfill the law. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now let's stop there. Remember Jesus said when he was confronting the religious leaders. He said if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. And if you hate your brother, you've committed murder. Okay. So now in, in the modern church, they use that as law. What he was highlighting is they say, I haven't committed adultery. I haven't killed anyone. I haven't done this. And he says, but if that thought is in your mind under the law, you're guilty of all the law. That's what it says. He wasn't trying to bring something on us and bring us in condemnation. The, a thought comes in your mind from the enemy. You know, you, you walk through the shopping center, you see how some of these people dress and a thought comes into your mind, you cast it down. But if you believe that, you're going to think, oh, I've committed adultery. No, you haven't. Come on, wake up. <laughs> Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the Lord to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live by them. If you want to go back under law, I want to, let me do this so I can achieve this so God can do this for me. It's law. Okay, that's law. Let me live this way so God can bless me. It's law. It's law. Okay. Then if I don't do it, God can't bless me. Now I'm under condemnation. And now I'm guilty of not achieving. Now I'm under the curse. Now I've got a problem. Now I've got to change. Now I've got to hurt. Uh, now I've got to hurt. Uh, 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 and it becomes toil. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now I'm going to say something controversial here. We often say that the law is the blessing and the law is the curse. And because of Christ we are in the blessing and not in the curse. You're not wrong. But let me take it a step further. We're not even under the law. Because if as soon as we're under the law, it becomes a curse to us. Yeah. And he's redeemed us from having the curse of having the law. <coughs> Amen. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. I just want to see something here. I'm going to read it how the direct translation we put it. That the blessing of Abraham will come into existence on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And the promise of the Spirit, or the promise God made to Abraham, was what? The promise to Abraham and his seed was that he would be heir of the world. What is that speaking? It lines up with Romans chapter 5 verse 17. That you will reign in life. Because if you're heir of the world, it's under your dominion. 
Isn't that what people are looking for? Isn't that what Christians are looking for? For that victory. That victory that, that we've all read about. But you know what we need to do? We just need to take it by faith. And stop allowing the devil to bring you into condemnation. You know, because as soon as we're under the law, we fall short. Always. But God said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who should ever believe in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Not based on what you did. Okay? Uh, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that, he might, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That promise, heir of the world. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be a man's covenant, yet it to be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of no effect. The law was there to highlight to Israel that they couldn't receive the promise by their works. They had to receive it through the grace of God. They couldn't achieve what, what, they couldn't have what was promised through Abraham through the law. But what Paul's saying here is even though the law came, it didn't do away with the promise. The promise was still there. It's still available to every single person. All you've got to do is receive Christ. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. What's it? By works. Okay. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. He says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it to you. I will bless your seed. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But it wasn't. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But we, before faith came, were kept under the law. Now he's talking to the Jews. He's talking as a Jew here. Remember, he's, he's ministering to the, the church in Galatians, which were Gentiles. And now Jews came into the church, and they're trying to get them circumcised under the law. Okay? Trying to get them to do certain things. You've got to, behave, you've got to have this mark on your body. You've got to do this to your body to be acceptable unto God. You've got to do this to have this. You've got to achieve this. To have that from God. So he says as the Jew. Where am I now? I'm going to verse 23. But before faith came we were kept under the law. The Jews shut up unto the faith. Which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. To bring us to Christ. 
huh? that we might be justified by faith. Even the Jew needs to be justified by faith. That's why they're carrying on like they do. <laughs> Come on. If, if you know a, uh, I was going to say staunch Jew, but someone who practiced the Jewish religion, you, they still see you as a Gentile. Because you don't keep, like, you go and, and have a business lunch with a Jewish man who practices, got his yummy car on, and go order a bacon sandwich. <laughs> I don't think you're going to sign the deal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it, it's, that's because you're doing something unclean and you're doing it and he's offended by it. Okay. So it says, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Now, who was the schoolmaster? So what is he saying to the Jews? You're no longer under the schoolmaster because it's brought you to where you need to be. Okay. For we are, let me just see how far must I go to 29. For we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have, have, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew, nor Greek, nor Afrikaner, nor Portuguese, nor Englishman, nor Denmark, nor the Danes who kicked Wales's butt in the soccer. <laughs> there is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one. In Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and you are, you are an heir according to the promise. The promise is now yours. The promise is mine. So let's go. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. It says, This I say, then walk in the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Because that's what happens. Now notice what Paul says. And, and he, he touches it on in Galatians chapter 3 and in Galatians chapter 4. Naturally it follows on. And for time's sake I'm not going to read it all. And there he says that um, you know we, we were under the schoolmaster till the time of faith had come. And once we've accepted faith, we're no longer under that schoolmaster. So, you, you know... When you just get born again, you've got, you carry with you all that behavior that you had before you got born again. And you've got to unlearn it. So, you know, the world, we see it today. It's, it's you know, even though they're married, this one will go have an affair, that one will have an affair and, and do this and carry on and, and wow, wow, wow. Now they come into the church. And now, how do you get them to change their behavior? So, so, well, you just let them, they've got to grow up into what we're talking about now. So, yes, you do maybe give them rules. But it's not to keep them in a rule or under a law. It's to guide their behavior until they grow. Because what Paul says in Galatians chapter 4, that that is for the napios, the little children. And we need to come out of being little children. Remember what he said to in 1 Corinthians. He says, I could not speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal. And as soon as you're dealing with the flesh, people who, who operate in the realm of the flesh, the carnal, 
you've got to start giving them, I'm not going to say law, but almost rules. You, you can't do this anymore. Until they grow up. And then when they grow up, they're not living under the rules. They're living under the guidance of the Spirit. Verse 16, this I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. We need to grow up. And, and you know where we've probably, as, as Christians, as churches, have missed it? is we keep preaching the rules and we don't bring people to hear the voice of the Spirit. We, that's where we've missed it. And as soon as we bring rules, eventually that rule becomes a burden. Because if you can't live by the Spirit and you're trying to accomplish this thing in your own strength, you're going to walk in condemnation. And as soon as you've got condemnation, it gives... That's what the devil uses to bring you down. You're not worthy. You can't have it. You're not good enough. You didn't do this, therefore you're not going to have it. Come on, how many people, how many Christians don't live like that? Let's see where we're going to go. Hebrews chapter 2. We might get back to that. Let's just go to Romans chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 13. It says, Was then that which was good made death unto me, God forbid, talking about the law, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, which he's talking about the law, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. So sin is actually amplified under the law. Okay, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Now, let's just stop there. Paul is not referring to himself here as being carnal. What he's referring, and you can you need to go read the whole chapter, is as a Jew under the law, he's carnal. Okay? So a Jew under the law that is carnal, um, sold under sin. Verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. Okay? Uh, verse 16, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that doeth, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. You can't find it in your flesh. You can't find it in your own strength. For the good that I would do, for the good that I would do not, but the evil which I would not do, that I do. Now if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I just want to see where I've got to read to verse 25. I find then a law, that when I, I find then a law, now this is what I want to highlight, when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? Okay? 
but it doesn't stop there. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he answers the question. Who's going to deliver me out of this body of death? I give glory to God. It's done through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. But it doesn't stop there and it's not, it is in your notes. We carry on to chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore now there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak, through flesh. Let's stop there. And I know I pick on this a lot lately, but it's it's something that I wanna I'll pick on till we get the breakthrough. The church looks at the Jews and say, Look how blessed the Jews are. People who are under the law, that is a weak system because of their flesh. And we have something far greater. So for what the law could not do, there's certain things they can't have. As long as they're under law, because their flesh can't obtain it, they're not good enough to do it. Even the highest rabbi in our country who gave counsel to Nelson Mandela is unrighteous. Me, little old me, because of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, hath been made righteous. And he probably lives, according to the law, a far cleaner life than me. But he's found wanting. And then we look at him and say, but why can't I be blessed? Because you don't believe you can. You should be more blessed. Well, you know, the Jews, they, they, when they start a business, it always prospers. They should be saying that about us. Yeah. That's correct. Yes. Yes. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. They, they never had the fullness because they couldn't fully obey the law. And they never walked in the fullness of the blessing that came from being in, under the law. Notice that they might have had it for a period, but then it stops. Some, the king's disobedient, da -da 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 -da, something happens, and they're under the curse. They get captured. Right? But this says that the righteousness of the law Everything that was available to them under the law, that whole blessing, I've received it because of Jesus Christ, yeah. not because of anything I've done. Yeah. So when in Deuteronomy, where you read, um, you know, if you listen, hearken to his voice and obey the Lord your God and walking all his statutes, these blessings shall come upon you. You can change that. And you can say, because of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, all these blessings have come upon me. And I've been delivered from all these curses. For they that are after the flesh, verse 5, demand the things of the flesh. But they that are after spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh. You are not in, when you got born again, you are not in the flesh. So... Let's take two steps back to, to Romans chapter 17 where Paul says, I, I find this law that the things I want to do and when I'm under the law, okay, the law of Moses. I find this, and it's not a law of the law of Moses, I find this principle that works. 
is I, I want to obey the law. I want to do what's right, but I can't. And I don't want to do what's wrong, but because of the, the, the sin in my flesh, I end up doing what's wrong. Okay? And that's being in the flesh. And then he says, but you are not in the flesh. We are not in the flesh. We are in the spirit. You say, well, I, I did something I shouldn't have done. It's a, like Pierre said, and I said, oh, it's an outside force now. You know, Ken, if you've never heard it, Kenneth Copeland was about five, six years ago at the Believers' Conventions, pre preached a message, living inside out. Go listen to it. We now live inside out. Remember, the law is outside. The spirit is inside out. Okay? But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Anybody have the spirit of God in them? Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in you. Why, is this, why does he say that? Because, because of sin, he says, the body's dead. Okay? My body was crucified with Christ. He says, but now, the life that I have experienced in the body, or that life that I now have, comes from the spirit that dwells in me. So it's no longer dead. He says, it's the other side of the cross. I've gone through the cross. My body dies because of sin. But now because of the resurrection of Jesus, I can receive that spirit. And now he brings life into my body again. Not death. Hmm? Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. To live under the flesh or live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. What's he talking about there? I'm a, I live in this body. I'm a spirit in this body. How, how do I do that? What he's talking about is law. Go, read it all in context. From read the uh, courage. Go read the book of Romans. Don't just read it. Read. Try to spend time reading the whole book. Flow it. Don't just take out verses. Get the flow of what Paul is saying here, and the same with the book of Galatians. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear. How did, what did we read in Hebrews? We've all been delivered from bondage. Because he, he, he defeated him who had the power of death. Hmm? So we don't have that bondage again. And remember, you can't say, well, Yes, um, you know, that's just dealing with death and, and not about the law. But what did, what did death use? What did sin use? It used the law as an opportunity to magnify itself. Huh? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. Okay? So when you're under law, you're actually under the bondage of death. Okay? But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be, we suffer with that we might always also be glorified together. 
So a lot of people will say, yeah, you see, you've got to go and suffer for Jesus, and then you'll be glorified. This is talking about, I will go on the cross with him, and what he suffered, I suffered, I suffered with him. And a lot of people leave it there. How many people, and please, if you do this, don't be offended by what I'm about to say, but we're in, they've got a, a picture of the cross with Jesus on. Jesus ain't on the cross. So we identify with the suffering. But he says, yeah, if we suffer with him, we must also be glorified with him. When was he glorified? When he raised him from the dead. We were raised together with Him. You've got to go to the other side of the cross. You can't stay this side of the cross and call yourself a Christian. This is for the sinner. The Christian's life doesn't begin this side of the cross. It begins at the resurrection. <laughs> for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest... Anyway, I've gone too far. That was it. Right, Galatians chapter 5. And we're closing with this. We've actually done good time. It says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Christ has made us free. Free from what? Well, free from the law. Free from fear of death. You see, he dealt with the Gentile and he dealt with the Jew on the cross. Therefore, now there is no more Jew or Greek or Afrikaner or da 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 da. da. There's no more Gentile. Stand therefore in the liberty with Christ has made us free. And be not entangled. Don't get involved and get hooked up with that yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you are circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. If you want to bring people under the law, Christ is of no effect in their lives anymore. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. <laughs> Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision. But what availeth? Faith, which worketh by love. Now, a lot of people will say, if you don't have love, you don't have faith. No, this is his, excuse me, because of his love, my faith can work. Because I've got to trust him. My faith is basically, I trust you, Lord. I trust that you love me. I trust that you have my best interests in heart. Amen. Now, now, like I said, go study the book of Romans. And in the book of Romans, I can't remember what chapter it is. I was reading it this morning. Paul says that there is the olive tree. And you know the, the, the root, the tree, we are the branches, and, and it's God, and it's Jesus. And we the branches, I'm the vine, you are the branches. But instead of saying vine, he says olive tree. And he says the Jews were removed. Okay, those branches were taken away. And then he went to the wild olive, the Gentiles. And he engrafted it into the true olive tree, if I could put it like that. And what happened? The, the life that they had, or the lack of life that they had in the olive, 
when they were engrafted in the true, they became part of the true olive tree. And everything that is in that olive tree now throws to them. And he says, but be very careful. He says, because if he was willing to take off those people, he'll take you off too. And why did he take them off? What put Jesus on the cross? Let's go back before, before I answer that question. So Jesus, we all see him, Savior, here, you know, thou art the Christ. We see it because we look back. So, as I said, bear in mind the state of Israel, or the Jewish nation, when Jesus was on earth. They were under the rulership of the Romans, Caesar. And they were looking for asterisks and obliques to... <laughs> Guys, I'm making a joke, but it's true. You see, they saw, when they looked back at the scripture, they interpreted, we're going to get someone that's going to deliver us from this bondage of the Romans. But Christ was coming to deliver them from the bondage of the, the law. Their very religion that, 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 that they drew their identities from, God was, Christ came to deliver them from that. Not from the Romans. Because when they understand that now they've been delivered and everything that they have, that the promise could now be of full effect in their lives, they could deal with the Romans. I'm not saying go get an army. It doesn't matter what the Romans did with them. They would reign in life as kings. Because God didn't want them to have a king. It was never God's plan for them to have a king. They brought it about. And Christ didn't come to deliver them from Caesar. You see, that's why I say they were looking for asterisks and obelisks. They were looking for, where's this, he's going to sit on the throne of David. Where's this guy? He's going to fight like David. Bring up an army and we're going to cut their heads off. And hmm? Like what's that movie, Gladiator? That's what they were looking for. But what's his name? Wasn't born yet. What's the actor? Crow. Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Yeah. What's in Troy, old Brad Pitt? They weren't around yet. But Jesus accomplished what he, what God sent him to accomplish. But they just didn't take it. And even today, that's why Corinthians says, when the law is read, there's a veil over their face that remaineth even to this day. Paul said, in his day, it's there. He says, but we aren't under that veil. But we we stand. <laughs> what does he say? Face to. Yet we sing songs. Let me see your face. But the Bible says you're standing face to face. Show me your face. Let me see. I'm so lost without you. No, you, you how can you be lost without you, you? got him. You can't be lost. So don't sing cock like that. You know, you know what it is? It's flesh. It's emotion. I feel lonely. Where's my God? Get back in the Word. Listen. Hmm. So guys, you have it. You have everything, everything that the word says you have, you have it right now. Everything, you, everything. And it's time we stop being under schoolmasters. It's time we stop acting like Napios, little children. You can go read the difference. There's where the Bible says children, sons and things. Generally children is from the word Napios. Do I need to explain Napios? People who run around in nappies, you've got to wipe their bum for them. 
They need a schoolmaster. Then you get the technon, which is the sun, which is growing. And then you get the heos. Now the heos is the air. Now the reason there's a distinction is in the culture at that time, whether it be the Jews or the Arabs, there could only be one heir. And he was selected. And then he was trained to be the heir. But we are joint heirs. You see, you can be a technon, but still not an eos. Where you've taken hold of your inheritance. And, and they trained him to be an heir. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is not so concerned about sin. But if you follow his leading and guiding, you'll never sin. But what he wants to do, the, Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you and guide you in all truth. And the truth is you're an heir, and he'll teach you how to live like an heir. And it's no longer, am I doing right or am I doing wrong? Am I, am I living like an heir? You see, we, if, 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 we can, if we just limit the Holy Spirit to praying in tongues and convicting me when I do wrong, I'll never live like an heir. And yes, he'll do those things. But you've got to understand that you're an heir, that you're a heos, that all things are mine. Yeah. Paul did it. Paul said, all things are mine. All things are yours. He actually said it to the church. He says, if God freely gave up his son for us all, how much more with him will he not freely give us all things? All things are yours. That's what he says that again. All things are yours. My God shall supply your most important needs through his riches and glory. All your need. Hmm? Paul said, Ah, always having sufficiency in all things. May abound to every good work. No, he says you. You. See how Paul saw people was different how they saw themselves. And he says you, always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound. We, when we want to bring law, we say, because you will abound to good works, you will have sufficiency in all things. That's law. Grace is, I give you all sufficiency in all things. Now go abound in good works. That's what I want to leave with you this morning. Thank you for your time, everybody. Don't forget to tune in tonight at 6 o'clock. Um, we'll send a text message to Cyril once we've finished, and then he'll start his broadcast. <laughs> I got his number because I found his iPad. Uh, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your love, your mercy, and your grace. I thank you that grace and truth came by your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who delivered us from the bondage of death. No longer to live in fear. No longer to live in condemnation, but to live in life and life more abundantly. It's ours. We have it. We reign in life as kings because of the grace that we received and the gift of righteousness that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that as we put on this new man and we walk in this renewed mind, that our lives are going to be transformed from one level of glory to another. That we'll never, ever go backwards, but always go forwards. Never, ever suffer defeat, but always walk in victory. Yes, the battles will come, but in every battle we'll experience the victory. In every battle we'll overcome in every persecution we'll walk right through it just like jesus did when they wanted to throw him off the cliff yes it came but we'll walk through the midst of them and even in the time we live in lord where there's fear being spread again in our nation and in our province specifically we don't have to bow our knee to that fear but we take grab hold of the faith that we have in the lord jesus christ we grab hold of that love that you have for us and say because of your love we've been set above this thing called corona 19 and it doesn't matter what variant it is we are far above it is under our feet and it won't come near our dwelling in the name of jesus and we thank you for it in jesus name amen thanks everyone